So I have another scripture. you and magnify you, Lord, because you are worthy to be praised, adored, magnified, and glorified. We lift you up, King Jesus. We lift you up, Lion of the tribe of Judah. We lift you up, all lovely, all fair, all powerful, almighty God. You're the one that we worship. You're the one that we adore. And we thank you that we have a knowledge of you, a mind to worship you, and the ability to worship you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen, and praise God. Amen. So today we're going to talk about the fact that the violent take it by faith. The violent take it by faith. I would talk about spiritual violence because I, <clears throat> I know it's a real thing and I know it's a real force. And, uh, and, and so I did a little stealing from another minister. I just, I'll just up front tell y'all. I, and, uh, no, I was inspired. I was listening to a, uh, a wonderful man of God from Nigeria preach about, uh, spiritual violence. And he has great evidence of, of this truth in his life because he's accomplished so much in God with the use of his faith. And so when we talk about, the violent taking the kingdom by force, we need to understand that faith is a violent force. Amen. It, it, by, when I say violent, I mean that it, it is aggressive, it knows what it wants, it goes for it, and it takes does not take no for an answer. Amen. You need to know that faith never takes no for an answer. The Bible says all the promises of God are yes and amen by us in him but the other part of it too is that we have to pursue what we desire with our faith we can't sit and wait for it to come to us there must be some level of pursuit on the inside of us that will cause us to go forward knowing that we can accomplish these things with our faith amen our faith that's in us is the faith of the Son of God if you put your trust in God and put your trust in his word. And when I say put your trust in his word, you have to live by the word of God every day. You can't live by your wits and live by, you know, your schemes and, and your plans sometime and then turn faith on when you think your little, your little stuff can't get it. You understand? Now, we did that before we knew better. But then when you went to go and grab some faith, you thought it wasn't as strong as you thought it was, you know, and it's not doing what it's supposed to do. Why? Because you don't use it often enough. You don't use it every day. There's great temptation for man to get uh, confidence within himself. And when we do that, we leave the faith of God on the side and then we go forward in our own strength, which has limitations. It has severe limitations. You ain't as crafty now that the Holy Ghost has moved in as you used to be before he moved in. So that stuff is, is not as powerful as far as working ability because it's been diminished by the presence of God. And by your weeping and wailing and snorting and crying, I love you, Jesus, I just want you, Jesus, I don't want nobody but Jesus in my life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that, that diminishes your flesh greatly when you start going off like that. And you tell God he, you want him, he moves in and moves something out. 
you can't serve two masters. You got me? You got to serve one or the other. So you got to make up your mind. God, I'm done with the shenanigans. I'm done with the, the this and that and the slip shot and the try a little bit of this and got to, got to try a little. <laughs> no, you're done with that, okay? Huh? You got to stay in the pocket with God. You got to stay right in there where God is. And learn how Jesus said, take my yoke upon me and learn of me. He wants you to forget the old ways and start learning of him. Amen. It's anybody who loves you wants your full attention. You say you love them. Amen. You know, you don't stay on Match.com once you've found the one. Well, that's just in case this ain't a good match. You know what I mean? you got to be all in in this stuff. Huh? You feeling me back there, little sister? All right. Very good. Praise God. So anyway, when you begin to understand what Jesus paid to get this faith delivered to us, then you'll realize that you have to respond in kind. If you're not, you ain't nothing but a thief. Huh? Trying to steal something from God. Trying to do it the old-fashioned way. Trying to do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and some of that right there, and some of that up there, and it never works out. So we have to be people who are totally given over to faith, and then you will begin to understand and, and uh, uh, have revealed to you the mystery of faith. Amen. In in uh, let me see where it says that. First Timothy three nine, it says holding forth. The mystery of faith. Let me see. First Timothy 3. Yeah, holding the mystery of faith in a pure conscience. This is talking about anybody who wants the office of a deacon or overseer or somebody responsibility in the house of God. You have to hold fast the mystery of faith. So because faith is a mystery, it's something that has to be unveiled to us. And it's unveiled as you step out and use your faith. It's not unveiled when you just read stories about something. Mysteries get unveiled as you walk in the knowledge of them and walk in the understanding. You walk in as much as you know, and then more gets added to that knowledge. So as you uh, go forth and use what faith you have, then God begins to unveil and unravel this mystery to you more gets revealed to you you find your faith can accomplish more things but you need to understand that faith is a violent force why is it a violent force because it is seizing and capturing what has been already stolen from humanity and it's getting it back so faith is seizing and capturing back what's been stolen from you so that you can live the life that God has caused you to, to live. And this will not happen unless you can step out and understand that faith is a violent force. Oftentimes violence is met back with violence. So the enemy will try and wrestle it back from you. But you have to step in there and wrestle him down again because faith does not know how to quit. Faith has no limitations on it. Faith has no stopping point to it. 
The worst thing I think a believer can do is once you start having difficulty, we talked about this a little yesterday in talking about trouble and when it comes and why it comes and what to do. Many Christians, when, when some obstacle comes to them, the first thing they do is go on the investigative search. You know what I mean? Instead of, of standing on what God's given them and, and, and understanding that these things happen because of violence being met with violence, that, that once you step into that, God is with you and he has enough there for you to press through and get to what it is that you desire. But what we do many times is we stop, we consider, and we begin to think, and you begin to, your faith is at a standstill, if not back up from what it is that you say you want from God. Why? Because the, the, the carnal soul starts to step in. Once you, you know, you have something in your mind you want from God and you step out and you go to do it. And then that door doesn't open for you first time. Instead of you getting violent with it. And when I say violent, you have to make a demand that your faith must work in these things. Got me? Instead of us taking the violent route and allowing faith to move us forward and propel us forward and understand that God's already told you. Listen, if he gave you enough faith to to utter the words and to step out and do something, there's more coming if you continue to go forward with it. He didn't change his mind about giving something to you because you met the devil out there and the devil told you a lie and said you weren't supposed to have it. A closed door does not always mean no. It just means the devil is trying to con you into not going forward with your faith. And so we have to take a position that once you make up your mind about this once and for all, once you start in faith, you're going to keep it up until you get what you came for. And you are not taking no for an answer. God did not suddenly change his mind. He said, oh, who is that out there? Oh, I thought that was Pastor Shirley. That's the Ray out there. No, she ain't getting nothing. He don't operate like that. Faith is no partiality. He can't tell whose faith is down here working. He just knows when faith is in operation, he's with you. The question you got to answer is, do you really believe God is with you? And if you do, you'll keep pursuing that closed door. You keep pursuing that that wall that keeps popping up there every time you go out. What we do oftentimes, instead of getting violent, getting more violent with it, you know. If I walked up to, to Tony and slap him, I, one or two or three things is going to happen. I'm going I'm to come to my senses, realize what I did, and run out the back door. Or I'm going to brace myself because he's going to hit me back. And if he does hit me back, I have to make up my mind, do I hit him again or do I run again? See, this is what we do with our faith. We have too many options for how to respond when we hit the devil. When you hit him, you better make up your mind. You're going to keep hitting him and keep hitting him and keep hitting him until he bows. Because he's got to quit. He's got to quit. What he's trying to do is snowball you and make you think he don't have to quit. Or he'll tell you something stupid like, 
Uh, God didn't tell you you who you think you are. Oh, faith, that's for them, that's for them high-powered people. That's, hey, I'm as high-powered as they come, devil. I know I'm more high-powered than the blood of Jesus has made me high-powered enough for you, stinking devil. The smallest believer in God is more powerful than the devil is. Don't ever let him tell you you don't have enough of something. Because your father owns everything. If you're deficient in anything, God will will make up the difference for you. Amen. So, <clears throat> in Matthew 11, were we there yet? Did I talk? Oh Lord, oh Lord, I'm ahead of my scribbler. Okay, Matthew 11, verse 12. It says here, uh, from the days of John the Baptist unto now, the kingdom of heaven has been subjected to violence or allows violence or suffers violence and the violent people have been raiding it or taking it by force. So God's kingdom allows you to get spiritually violent with his power, the power of the Holy Spirit. So God says, I'm equipping you so that you can raid the kingdom and get everything that you desire Everything that your heart desires, everything that I promised you, I'm allowing you to be able to do that. But it's not going to come by praying and waiting and wondering and hoping and backing up when the devil says no and going doing something else and trying to forget about it. Well, maybe God didn't want it. It doesn't come through mental excuses. It doesn't come through mental understanding. Faith is a mystery that unfolds to us as we step into it and operate in it. If you can, if that's part of what faith is, is stepping into the things you're not sure about or the things that are unknown to you just because God said and expecting these things to work for you. You should expect doors to open for you because you should expect what the word says. You should expect good things when your faith is in operation. Just because something you didn't expect happens, don't quit expecting what you did expect when you initially started. You got me? Your faith overrides. Your faith is bigger than any eventuality that can come about as a result of you using your faith. Your faith is bigger than these things. It may start out a mustard seed. But if you will keep using it and exercising it and pressing with it, you'll find that it is more than sufficient to bring in everything that you need from God because of of the nature of the mystery of faith. It's something that's not clearly obvious to us. Like the Bible says, the sower sowed a seed, he, he buried that seed overnight, it, it, it grew, he, we know not how. That's the mystery. You don't know how. And you don't need to know how. You know, the Christians get sidetracked. Oh, we don't know how. I'm going to ask God. I'm going to say, it ain't about that. Can you use your faith and get your bills paid? Can you use your faith and get yourself a better job? Can you use your faith and get yourself and your kids through school? I mean, it's for you to use for for living, for the things that God has ordained for your life. So God wants us to get violent using our faith because the violent take things by faith. Amen. They take things by faith. And so it it is a mystery and empowers us to gain mastery over every situation. 
see if I can turn this in a little better. Faith empowers us to gain mastery over every situation. There is no defeat when you use your faith. Faith is an unstoppable force in the spirit because it works through righteousness. Faith and righteousness really are the same commodity. Righteousness is the unstoppable quality of your faith. The Bible says faith works by love, which means that it works through a humble heart that avoids impurity in a situation. You understand what I'm saying? It avoids our little schemes, our little add-tos, our little uh, plan Bs, all that kind of stuff. Faith just takes God at his word and expects God to perform. Amen? You expect God to do it. You're not trying to do it yourself. So it empowers us to gain mastery over situations. It's an unstoppable force in the spirit. Faith converts the word to power. And that's Romans 1.16. Let me read that for you. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. So when the word goes forth, then faith converts that word to power once it's spoken. Amen. That word, even when it's read, has a, an element of power on it. Amen. Why? Because reading it makes it come alive. The touch of humanity on the word of God makes it come alive. You can, you can, that's why people will get healed just by reading scriptures to them. Why? The Bible says the word is converted to medicine when it's heard and when it's focused on, when it's given your full attention. It's converted to medicine through your meditation on it. It's always good to pause and listen to what the word of God is telling you because the word of God is powerful in and of itself. It's always anointed. It always has the ability to come to life in the hearer and in the speaker. So faith converts the word to power. In Acts chapter 2, you see the first encounter that the believers had with the violent nature of the Holy Ghost and the faith of God. It says here, 2 verse 1, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. So a violent, like tornado-like wind came in and filled the house where they were sitting. So that impartation, that first impartation of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now when you, when you get water baptized and confess Christ and all that and God really comes into your heart, that is not the violent force of faith. That is your seal that says you belong to God. That is your initiation into the covenant with God. And that, that, that force then keeps you until the day of redemption so if you never do anything for god if you never go that's how baptist people go to heaven 
That's how a Catholic will go to heaven. They receive Christ through their confession, and the Holy Spirit hears that, comes in, and seals them unto the day of redemption. Which means that there's a force inside of them telling them, don't do that, do this. Don't go here, do there. Don't go. And then all of a sudden they look up one day and they see all these other crazy people who claim to be Christians like them out doing things with power in them. And they say, give me some of that. And that's the violence that comes into us with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It comes in like a rushing mighty wind and fills everybody so there was nobody there that went out without it. Did you hear what I said? That's why anybody can come here and receive the gift of tongues. Because nobody goes out without it because of the violent nature of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. People will say things like, well, I feel a little pressure here. That's him. I feel it right in here. That's him. That's a violent force. That didn't happen to them when they got saved. They just were, they believed, they received, and then little by little you start to change. Well, when God says, go and wait in the city of Jerusalem, and I will send you power from on high, that was power. This was impartation. This was sealing. This was helping you as an individual. But when they went and sat in that room and waited, he said, I'm going to send you something else. This is a violent force. It's a baptism in the Holy Spirit and fire. It'll burn what's not right in you. It'll keep you more than saved. It'll help you conquer and capture in my name. And so when people tell you they're saved and they got the Holy Ghost, you say, "Uh uh-uh, you ain't got what what this is right. You ain't received this yet. That's like Paul said, anybody who's received the Holy Spirit knows that they're baptized. There's no such thing as, um, I got baptized in the Spirit, but I ain't prayed in tongue yet. I don't know why not. Because the tongues came and sat on you. If you got this as in Acts chapter 2, you pray in tongues too. Well, I got it, but I didn't release my prayer language. You can't help but release it. Are you kidding me? Do you see anybody there that didn't release them? Somebody violent comes into you, you have a reaction to that. You know what you'll do? You do what they tell you to do. You say what they tell you to say, and you'll be happy for it. Well, my tongue don't sound like your tongues, but I'm going to work with this. I said, yeah, because you're happy for it, aren't you? You got more than you had when you came in here. And so this force changes you because of the nature of its violence. When it came into you, it changes you into a violent person. You want to go home immediately and mow them sinners down. Say, boy, wait till I tell them a thing or two. Huh? Absolutely. Because that faith gives you that confidence, that overarching and overriding confidence that you are that God is with you and you're more than a conqueror. Amen. You're more than a conqueror. So faith can be felt and seen. It's a force, a violent force, a violent substance, a spiritual substance that has a perceptibility to it. You know it's there. You may not be able to explain to everybody how it feels and what it's doing, but you know it's there. It's a substance. It makes you aware of it. Faith can be handled. The Bible tells us to take the shield of faith. 
Faith can keep you from other people's words harming you. I listen to some of these Christians that, you know, and I don't like to make fun of people, but I'm thinking, where do you live? Well, I, when I was at this church, they didn't treat me right. Do you have any kind of faith in you whatsoever? When somebody comes to you with some shenanigans, can you put this up and say, stop in the name of faith? I mean, there's something should rise up in you that heals you and repels this nonsense off of you because it ain't true anyway. Why would you stop and listen to somebody that comes to you with some nonsense? You came to church to get built up in your most holy faith. You came here to be changed. In that. Don't you know that's the devil that's trying to keep you from receiving what God has for you? But you'll stop and pay attention to that and want to whine about it. Tell everybody, the people over there ain't no good because they don't do this and they don't do that. What did you go to church for? You let that stop you? Don't you have enough faith to say, no, wait a minute, devil, you better get behind me. I didn't come to church for that. I came to hear the word. I came to get empowered. I came to be changed. Oldest trick in the book. Everybody in in here has enough faith in them to resist evil words that lie to them and tell them they're less than who they are. Sinners have that much confidence in themselves. You have sinners out there to keep going and don't listen to people. Well, yeah, they told me if I tried to do this, I wouldn't succeed. But here I am successful where they must have put something up and stopped those words from penetrating. As believers, we can do the same thing. Huh? We have the power of forgiveness. You know, when you forgive, you really are setting yourself on a course of prosperity and freedom. See, you're not so much forgiving their wrongdoing. You're forgiving yourself for receiving it. Mm. you understand me because you shouldn't have received it anyway because it's a lie from the pit of hell and you opened yourself up and listened to it now you say well god i forgive him you forgive yourself for listening to that nonsense you understand you got to be set free in yourself because then people are doing what they do huh and you sitting here stuck with something that you should not have received anyway your fault you received it talking about all the bad people around and there's haters here and you ain't nothing to hate honey trust me now trust me in this a legend in your own mind so faith can be handled it forms a shield around us shield from what from evil from the words of the devil from the fiery darts of the wicked one you better keep your faith sealed up because it's some you seen some of these so-called protesters out here they don't know no plain words no more everything's a cuss word a four-letter word a accusation see we are entering in now into the great war of words on the earth that's exactly what it is the devil's people have all a string of accusations to hurl at anybody that doesn't think like they think and doesn't act like they act. 
If you're a righteous person, you're a homophobe, you're a xenophobe, you're every kind of phobe, I'm all in phobes. I'm scared of all that stuff because it's sin. I'm scared of all sin and I ain't doing it. I got enough sense to stay away from it. I'll be any phobe you want me to be. Huh? You're not afraid of their words. Why? You got the violent Holy Ghost on the inside of you. You can repel their words anytime. Who are they to accuse you anyway? They don't have a heaven to take you to or a hell to put you in. It's just a bunch of the devil's henchmen trying to see if they can careen you off the road and get you to stop and pay attention to their nonsense. Care what you call me. I know who I am. Huh? Been knowing it before you were born. You'd have heard a few words and you think you're smart all of a sudden. Huh? And if the truth be told, if I don't get around church people, I'll take you around the corner and tell you what I really think. You understand me? You know, people think because you're a Christian, you don't do something. It's not that I can't. It's the love of God constrains me. Huh? I'll send you home to your mama crying. It's the truth. Huh? Like they say, I hurt you so bad your unborn grandchildren will feel it. Huh? They ain't even here yet. So don't mess with me. Huh? I'm trying to be sweet. God told me to be sweet to everybody, love everybody, so... But don't derail me, please. I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission. (laughs) Our faith enables us to do the same works as Jesus if we believe. Your faith is applied by your believing. Every situation is reversible with faith. I don't care who's doing it. How far down the road it is, how long it's been going on, every single uh, situation is reversible by faith. Faith is, it's never too late to do something about anything. Your faith makes it on time. When faith gets involved, it's on time. You ever realize that sometimes you sit back and think i wish i had known the lord then no you don't because back then you weren't thinking about god when you got saved it was at the right time for you what my suggestion is don't waste time thinking about what you got me make sure you use your time wisely right now that god's given you but faith brings time with it amen It will bring you more time. It causes things to be on time. It will cause everything in the situation to be on schedule again. It brings time and correction of things with it because it has God's promise in it. Amen. So if you're believing for a promise of God and your faith brings it to pass, it is on time. Faith is being fully fully persuaded of the truth. Until faith causes your triumph. So what faith means is that you are fully persuaded of the truth all the way down the road until you get what you are looking for. You get what you're asking for. 
So faith is our victory. Faith is our triumph. It is the one thing that will get us everything that we need to get in this life. And it will, will not fail you up until the day it manifests in what you're looking for. It, it will always be there working and bringing things together for you until the day that you get what it is that you're asking God for and beyond. Faith, we need sometimes to sustain the things that God has put in our lives. And so faith will go on uh, until it triumphs over everything that is trying to hinder it. So uh uh, the, the believer, because of the violence of faith, the believer has a, a kind of uh, attitude or a kind of personality within him uh, that, that the person that I stole this from, <laughs> I like it, referred to as the lion's image. Amen. You have a lion living on the inside of you, and you most of you know that. Amen. Because you experienced it. So, and you need to to have that in you for overcoming power. The lion is the one animal that doesn't bow down to anything. Amen. He's very confident. So, some of the characteristics of violent faith. Violent faith is spiritually resolute. It does not back up. It does not back away. It does not quit. It does not go away. Faith is spiritually resolute. For instance, I was was, uh, praying about some things as far as as, um, uh, ministry is concerned. And I was telling the Lord, I said, God, I said, "I I want to learn how to work with you. To see more people heal, more supernatural uh, manifestation and, and more of the, well, I've been praying that, that prayer ever since I was saved. Ever since. So so it, there's a violence there that makes me not quit. You're spiritually resolute. You don't, just because you haven't seen it to the degree that you believe it's available, it doesn't mean you quit and say it's not possible anymore. You, you're resolved in it. Faith won't let you quit the things that you begin in God. Amen. Faith is what keeps you going. You must be spiritually resolute and unbending. Violent faith is unyielding. It doesn't cave in at bad news or try to find a plan B. It's assertive. It never gives up on revealed truth. You know, I, sometimes I say, I say, oh, the devil never should have let me find that out. <laughs> he kept me in the dark all this time, but boy, when you let, and that's true. Because that's why he tries so hard to keep us from proceeding any further than our, you know, a little box that he lets us play around in. He tries to keep us from proceeding any farther in that little box because he knows if we ever get out the box and see what's out there, there's no stopping us after that. See what I'm saying? But what, but what he doesn't understand about the faith of the Son of God is that once it starts to speak to you and it starts to drive you to do things and move you out into things, it's too late even then. You understand? It, it, the one thing that, that is stopping you from being as spiritually violent as you need to be to get things accomplished is you. 
you talk yourself out of it. Huh? Say, God, I, I want a better job, and I thought I was going to, you know, I got a no answer, and I called and asked them, don't do that. You get a no, you say yes, keep going. Don't call nobody and ask them what's wrong with you that you can't have that job. Nothing's wrong with you. I said nothing's wrong with you. Nothing's wrong with you. If God put it in your heart to desire that thing, then there wasn't nothing wrong. What the wrong should have done was stop you from wanting it. Once you start wanting it, ain't nothing wrong with you. It says that he will give you the desires of your heart. If you snooped around the Bible and and found out some stuff in there and it gets on the inside of you and you make a decision that's for you, it's too late to stop you then. But see, what we do is we, we forget it's in my heart. He said he'd give it to me. End of discussion. And the devil says, oh, no. We got open discussion about this. Huh? You don't have uh, degrees and you don't have uh, abilities and you don't have uh, XYZs and you don't pray enough, you don't fast enough, you don't enough. And you ain't trying to do any better. You understand what I'm saying? When you're like that, work with what you got. Work with what you got. Can I say that? Work with what you got. Because what you got needs to be exercised so that you can max out on that instead of trying to think you got to get some more of something you don't even know what you're missing. The word of God says, my grace is sufficient. If, if, if God graced you enough to want it, he graced you enough to pray for it, and graced you enough to expect it, then you'll get it. The only thing that will stop, stop you from getting it, the devil talk you into changing your mind about it. And even then, God will make it happen. He said, I, I can't deny myself. See, I can't deny. I told you I was going to do it. I'm going to do it anyway. Huh? You didn't goofed up and pussyfooted around and played around and all kind of stuff all this time instead of going straight up the middle huh we like to do the dance and pretend like we all spiritual you know i like sometimes being around people that inspire me but i hate being around people who do all this stuff I don't want to do. Well, I've prayed for six hours. I said, huh? Can you add my name to the list? I mean, and I have, y'all know I have nothing against prayer. I got nothing against God. But you know, hey, I might be doing it too. I just don't count them up. Imagine me coming here and telling y'all I prayed six hours. Maybe I need to do that. I don't know. But you know what I'm saying. I mean, my understanding of the Holy Spirit is like this. He helps what you need to do. 
Now, if I need to do that, I believe that he'll help me to do that, just like he helped her. But don't be telling me you did all of that, like, you know, like you did it. Because I know for a fact you ain't wasn't in there just by yourself. You understand what I'm saying? Situation called for it, and you were able to do it. Like Brother Summerall talks about the the time he needed a, a boat ticket to go somewhere, and he had no money. And he stayed up all night praying. You, did you, have you ever heard him tell a testimony where he did that same thing every time he needed something from God? Once you learn the ropes, you <laughs> I mean, seriously, y'all. If God needed all of us to do that much prayer, we would have a hard time getting anything done. But you know what I do spend time doing? I spend time meditating on the Word. I spend time talking to God. I spend time getting my confession in line with what I want. You understand what I'm saying? It, it, you got to accomplish, learn how to accomplish what you need to accomplish without being a, you know, you know what I mean, one of them kind of people. Nothing wrong with it if that's what's called for. But don't go try to duplicate that so you can get something done. You got to learn how to work with your faith and do what's called for when it's called for. There are a lot of people that don't live like I do. Somebody asked me recently how much time I spend in the Word. And I was thinking, I said, well, well, let me think about it. You know, and I thought, I said, and somebody asked me this question many years ago. And I told them less than what I did because I didn't want to seem. Because you don't know what to tell people when they start asking you stuff like that. You know, I said, ah, probably about. And they said, is that all? You know what I'm saying? So the Lord says, start being honest with people and cut that nonsense out. You know what I'm saying? But the thing of it is, it doesn't matter length of time. What matters is results, relationship with God. If more time would do it, the Holy Spirit would have to help you do more time. You got me? And so if if that's what it is, you have to understand that, that God is your helper in all of these things. You're not doing it. Uh, just to say you did it and then take credit for how long you did something. You know, it's not, not really about that. It really isn't. So uh, uh, faith then, as we said, is spiritually resolute. It never gives up on a revealed truth. Something has to be revealed to you. Like, the, uh, like uh, uh, um, what's her name? Esther said, if I perish, I perish. You have to be resolute like that. And you have to stand in that place of believing God no matter what it takes. Now, it may take some, some pressure. You may have to withstand some pressure to be able to conform enough to, to stay there in that place until you get your results. But your results will come. A person who, who quits was never fully persuaded to begin with. That's my thinking. But it doesn't mean you can't be fully persuaded. You've got to get more in your word, get more understanding, get more. Just don't quit and don't give up. Don't get your feelings hurt with a no answer. The devil isn't saying no to you because of you. He's looking at what's behind you, and he don't want to see all that coming in his property. You understand what I'm saying? And so we have to understand how to stay in faith and stay spiritually resolute. Faith is also, also confidently restful. Amen. Like a lion, we're not anxious about anything. Uh-huh. Uh, 
saw recently uh, uh, a uh, picture of a lion. He was just laying there licking the underside of his paw. And I'm thinking, boy, <laughs> 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 spend a little time here doing a little housekeeping, a little maintenance, whatever. But that's what I think about. I think about that as confidently restful. He's not anxious. Even in the midst of conflict, you are restful. Amen? You act as if the con- conflict is not real. You always take a violent posture, which means you're not afraid to go after things that look challenging huh you're not afraid to it's like the some some guy was lying in the hospital and so he was all sick and, and had been in an accident and somebody said well you need to bind the devil and do this and do that and he said i just don't really think i'll antagonize nobody <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> let me chill i ain't all of that yeah yeah but but that is true. You always maintain a violent posture about things. I remember uh, uh, Bunny. Remember Sister Bunny? That she always kept that violent posture, and it was it was it wasn't like aggressive toward people. But if you started talking to her before you got to telling and and going a long story and depressing everybody, she said, "What well, us pray." See, that violence came in of faith, and she pulled it out of the realm of complaining and put it over in the realm of God's spirit so it could be handled properly. You got me? And so this is, this is what we maintain at all times. Uh, our look sends fear to the devil. You got me? That's why a lot of people don't like you sometimes. Quit trying to get them to like you. Just do you. Just be who you are. You got me? Just do you and, and chill and don't worry about that. You know, people will, will criticize you and try to get you to make yourself over and they don't know what they want. You know, they don't know who they are. But they're so insecure, they, they're trying to make you over to look like them so they can be more comfortable with you. Stop that nonsense. Don't listen to people like that. So the the devil is trying to get you out of that violent posture. Amen. Violent faith goes on the offensive. It looks for stuff to do for God. If your faith is violent, you get up every morning and say, God, get me involved in something. Now, I'm tired of sitting on the shelf. I want to get involved in what you're doing, and I mean it. See, once you mean it, then God will take you at your word and you get stuck with somebody you don't want to be around. But you know what I'm saying. That's how that goes. Amen. But don't quit praying for to get involved in the things that God has for us to get involved in. A, a person of violent faith is supernaturally bold. Supernaturally bold. We're not bold and boasting about ourselves. But we are supernaturally bold. We're not taking the credit for this boldness. It is not for anything that we need other than what God tells us we need to do with it. But we are supernaturally bold. So, um, in talking about the lion, go to Genesis chapter 49 and we'll see the prophecy over the tribe of Judah. And you get an understanding of what your spirit man looks like and what your spirit man is capable of 
and how to stir up spiritual violence. Amen. You need to learn how to stir it up within yourself. You need to understand when spiritual violence is operating in your life, how it needs to operate. You can use spiritual violence against anything. You can get violent against the the dust in your house and refuse to put up with it any longer. You understand what I'm saying? It's spiritually violent against all things, you know. I'm I'm all for uh, overcoming, obtaining, using my faith uh, for all things. You know, if anything comes that challenges me, just in in the course of just everyday life, you know. Now, now my room that I'm in all the time is toe up from the floor. Now, I don't like it that way, but right now I'm doing stuff. You know what I'm saying? But don't let something go wrong. Some break down. Some ain't going to work. Ooh. Good violent. Huh? I'm working on the condition there. You understand what I'm saying? I got a few disarray things. You got some boxes and corners. And I keep rearranging them. I can never get rid of them. You know what I'm saying? I got some, probably some, some dog biscuits buried here and there. But, you know, it's just, we're working on that. that. That's the mild stuff we can live with. But I don't like breakdown. I don't like lack. I don't like anything missing disturbs my peace. Amen? So I go after it and go after it immediately. Now, the average person will say something like, I got my car. It's just my car needs so and so and such and such. Wonder how much it's gonna cost. That's where you lose your spiritual violence. Is in your wondering. Your car don't get fixed because you getting people money. Your car gets fixed by your faith. Because then people will make you fork over all day long. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, while we were under there, we said, ain't nobody told you you were looking for nothing else. I told you what was wrong with this car. Huh? Told you to go looking for something else. But your faith can make it work again. Your faith can make it work again. As long as your faith holds and that thing works, go on and be happy and use it and just let it work. Don't keep looking at it wondering, don't go off the rails on this kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Just let this stuff work. I had a washer and a dryer, and I didn't listen to me. I did not want to spend the money. Not that I didn't have the money. I did not want to spend the money. There are times when I don't have the money, and I use my faith. There are times I don't want to spend the money, and I use my faith. Don't wait until emergencies come forth in your life to start shaking your faith out. Where's my faith? 
Hey, but you got a pistol in your... No, you don't. <laughs> no, you know I was going to mess with you. That's your face. She said, that's her face. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Wait till he... Mer- oh, Lord, have mercy. Girl, wait to exhale. Been broke all this time, holding your breath. Wondering when something's going to fall apart. You know the devil. You just prime right picking for the devil. Huh? You don't wonder. Your faith doesn't wonder. If you broke, stay in the Bible. You got enough sense. You got enough money. You got a Bible. You broke, stay in there. Because you're going to need what's in there. I had a washer. And, and I kept laying hands on it. And it kept working. And it got good to me. And I said, you know what, God? I said, I'm going to see how long it's going to work with me laying hands on it. You know, that thing worked another three years. And when the guy came to look at it, I called myself going to get it repaired. And I knew it was a hot mess. And the guy said, he said, I've never seen anything like this. He said, this thing couldn't have been working. He said, because these parts are melted together. It worked up until I'd let doubt creep in long enough. Listen, that thing would have worked until eternity. You see, if we're smart enough to stay out of natural, but see, your mind gets fed natural stuff all day long. We got to have sense enough to keep it washed out, and these things would keep going. My my oven is working on faith. I asked. I first asked God. I said, God, it's almost Thanksgiving. You know what happens around here on Thanksgiving? Beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, in-laws, outlaws, everything, huh? Right. All that goes forth. Huh? The in-laws and the outlaws with they flips, they they learn know how to bring their own flip, bring your own flip to the party. Huh? And see, I'm I'm funny. You know, prophets are funny. They, we don't like no death in the pot. That's why we do a lot of the cooking ourselves, so we won't have to have a healing service after dinner. Too much work. Too much work on the holiday. And so I, I called the repair person. The guy looked it up. Oh, well, they don't even make these parts anymore. Seriously? I said, that, that still couldn't be more than 15 years old. <laughs> it's rounding the curve on 15 years, you know. I don't pay attention to stuff like that. And so he said, uh, yeah, this, the motherboard, like the mothership, like it came from out of space or something, you know, the mothership. It's going to come and claim this, oh, you can't get this no more, and you can't get this that no more. And uh, he sat down and wrote out all this stuff. And he said, now what I can do, I can tell you some places that they're having sales now. And this was the week before Thanksgiving. They're having sales now, and uh, I can refer you to the uh, yada, 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 yada. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, how am I going to cook my dinner? And he said, now, your oven is working. 
I said, bye. <laughs> Don't tell me it's working. You understand me? Because them's, them's words I want to hear. And then he says, but I'm not sure how long it's going to work. I said, I ain't either, but I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to find out. That was, was that last Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving before last? It's been almost two years now, a year and a half. Not this past one, the one before that. It sure was, because it's still running. You know why? Because faith is a violent force. Now, it's crusty on the inside, and I know better than to, to clean it. how crazy (laughs) Tony what happened when I tried to clean that oven yeah it blew a fuse it shorted out I said oh we ain't cleaning this I said I have to live with it you understand what I'm saying we might have some spills piled up this high onto the burners but it's, it's working you got me it's working And see, the longer you use your faith, the more confident you get in it. See, when it worked, the first, 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 what I did was the first Thanksgiving, I said, well, it's on now. I'm going to turn it on and let it run as long as it'll run. I cooked up everything I could think I wanted to cook the Saturday before Thanksgiving or the Friday before or something like that over the weekend. So I started cooking. I cooked up everything I knew I needed to cook, and it was still working. And it's still working now, you see. So now I'm comfortable that whenever I'm not in a hurry, whenever I want to use my oven, my oven is my servant because of violent faith. You got me? It's more It's more that I want to see how long I'm trying to unravel the mystery of faith. That's very important to me. To say none of not having to come out my pocket because there's a lot of things I can buy besides buying another oven. And see, I'm not into the cuteness of things. Maybe I should be. (laughs) Uh, Stainless steel, I don't care. It is avocado. And it's working, I'll use it. You understand what I'm saying? I don't care about all these little. I want my, now I can, now listen, I got stainless steel faith. But I ain't putting the money out for that nonsense. I'm, I'm keeping what going, what I have going now with my faith. Got me? With my faith. So now God's given me a confidence that that will work every single time. Amen? It grows as you use it. You don't use it, it won't grow. If you're scared to use it, get back in your Bible and just step out one time and see what your faith will do. Uh, Genesis chapter 49. Miss Tanya, how am I doing there? Oh, my goodness. I can, I can paint a picture and whatever in that. Uh, okay, so Genesis, we got chapter 49. This is the prophecy over the tribe of Judah, which Jesus is from that tribe. That's our heritage, okay? So you have genetic Judah on the inside of you. That's why you feel that lion wanting to roar and that lying pouncing on things amen we don't pounce on flesh and blood we pounce on the devil so genesis 49 start in verse 8 he says judah your brothers will praise you your hand will be on the neck of your enemies your father's sons will bow down to you 
You are a lion's cub. You return from the prey, my son. Like a lion, he crouches and lies down like a lioness who dares to rouse him. The scepter will not depart from Judah, from between us, um, from depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet. That's you. You're born to rule and reign. You have a spirit in you that wants to run stuff for God. Amen. That's that's why you pray. That's the same thing as running stuff as far as I'm concerned. When you pray, you take authority. You have authority. You exercise authority. It says, will not depart from between his feet until he whom it belongs shall come. That, that in the King James it says Shiloh. It uses that word. And the obedience of the nation shall be his. He will tether his donkey to a vine, his coat to the choicest branch. In other words, if you've got vines growing in your, your house, they'll be strong enough to keep your dog on a leash. You got me? You get hard up and you don't have nothing. He will wash his garments in wine. That means you'll be very prosperous. His robes in the blood of grapes. His eyes will be darker than wine. And his teeth whiter than milk. Now, this wine that he talks about is a spiritual wine that causes us to be spiritually violent. There are some things that you as believers crave for. You have to have them. And when you partake of them, they cause this spiritual violence to come up like a drunk man whose eyes are red. So there are different types of wine that believers partake of that strengthen them like a lion and cause them to be spiritually violent. The first wine that we've ever been given is the wine of the Holy Spirit. That's in Acts chapter 2. We read that one where it came in as a rushing mighty wind and it filled everybody. That's violent. Nobody was left out. You know, sometimes the anointing for impartation, you know, you want to stand there. And I sometimes I tell people, I say, well, don't stand for this one because it's, it, and it almost like it pushes you down. You, if you've been at the altar recently, I would say within the past year or two years now, it's increased like that. But you can't stand. Remember, you used to stand until you want to yield to it, and then you felt when you start to yield, it goes boom, and you lose your, you can't stand on your knees. Your knees give out everything. That's a spiritual violence of impartation where God is moving in you in greater anointing and power now. So that's a spiritual violence that you receive that causes you to be more sensitive to the leading of God and act more quickly on it. This is not a spiritual violence. It's not a somewhere you need full confirmations and you got to ask 15 people and pray about it and fast about it. This is something that comes into you and says, whoo, there it is. You got me? And it, there's no two ways about it. It is, it is a power there that's hard to resist. So in Acts chapter 2, again, if you go there too, in verse 13, I think it is. Start in verse 5. It says, 
Verse 4 says, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them or gave them utterance. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, now how come they wasn't in the upper room? They were God-fearing. They loved the Lord. There are some people that are 100% obedient and some people that are a little bit close. They were in the city, but not in the place where the happening was. You will find people that throughout your walk with God. You can only walk with them a certain distance, and after a while they trail off somewhere and got to go. He said, wait in Jerusalem, maybe I'll go over here to this little cafe. Go over to Starbucks, get me a, a vente. When I'm done with my venti, then I'll come over there with y'all. That So they went out among them. That's what violence will have you do. It will go have you go and meet the lukewarm and fire them up too. You got me? Spiritual violence will have you do that. So they were in the upper room. They received the Holy Spirit. They went out into the streets. And there were, there were other people there that loved God from every nation. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in their own language. And they couldn't understand how these people were speaking this language, that language, that one, that one. And everybody from those nations heard it because they had come together in Jerusalem. That was their gathering place for the different feasts. And so he says, how is it we hear each of them in our own language? Medes and, and people from different uh, spread out areas, even, even from people from Egypt heard them speak in their language. Christians and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God. Tongues always speak the wonders of God. When people who get nosy after you pray for them to receive the Holy Ghost, what I say? Girl, you just spoke the wonders of God.